Are you a self-published author? Are you looking to promote your book? We are looking for you. I personally know how hard it is to write a book as I always seem to be writing one but never finishing it. Get the word out to listeners in 42 countries and growing about your literary masterpiece. Go to bookinterrupted.com sponsorship for more information. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. Like, oh my god, I paid attention and I saw it. <laughs> I Yay! received an alarm. <laughs> yeah, and we don't keep our birds in cages. They will be flying over to Thailand. Like a sad commentary so on our like very busy modern schedules. Like maybe it was yeah. stolen grain. Like, get rid of the oh my gosh. The after me. They're on to us. Did the birds ever think that maybe they were the cause of his bad mood? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stupid Stop birds. Stop all that tweeting. <laughs> <birds. Yeah. laughs> Disrupted mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is with uh, and we're gonna talk it uh, out on Book Interrupted. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from April 11th to May 22nd. It's Meredith's book pick and we're reading What the Robin Knows by John Young. This elegant book unites the indigenous knowledge, the latest research, and the author's own experience of four decades in the field to lead us towards a deeper connection to the animals, and in the end, a deeper connection to ourselves. All right, so it's personal journal time. Let's see what the members of Book Interrupted thought outside the group. This is my second personal journal for the book What the Robin Knows by John Young. Uh, this is my book choice, so it's really not a surprise that I'm loving this book. I'm about halfway through, and I have a confession to make. I haven't started doing the sit spot. We tend to get cold overnight here. It's still winter, and the best time for me to do a sit spot, probably, uh, without my kids coming and scaring away the wildlife, <laughs> um, would be first thing in the morning. So I'm thinking maybe I could, like, 4% fix this sit spot thing, except for when it's, like minus 15 degrees celsius outside in the morning so i haven't quite figured that out i'd like to say that i was already doing the sit spot and that the weather doesn't matter but part of me wants to start it when it starts getting a little bit warmer so spring is on the way it's starting to melt a bit out there so i think when i do my book report hopefully i will have done that by now i mean there's so many things i like about this book when i read a book i often write down things that I've read so that I can refer to it later and like look at my little notebook and and remember those little snippets that I loved. One of the things I really like uh, that he talks about is owl vision. So he says that owls can't move their eyes in their eye sockets like we can. So that's why they turn their whole head. And so if you're sitting still and you're looking like an owl, you're trying to see everything in peripheral vision and be really a aware, have a wide awareness of what's going on around you and above you. And this is a way to pay attention to your environment. And he gives a name to the different senses for things like that. So he talks about your 
wide-angled deer hearing. So trying to hear something very far away and training your hearing to listen to faraway things to broaden your attention. Also, he said uh, your raccoon touch because raccoons, they use their sense of touch to investigate something. You know, they'll pick up something and, and look at it with their hands, with their little cute little hands. And I tried to apply this a little bit, just kind of in my everyday life one day, I was making dinner and I was cutting an orange and I was thinking to myself, oh, maybe I'll put on a podcast to put on some music while I'm cooking. And after reading this book, I thought, wait a minute, why don't I connect with my senses? And I decided to pay more attention to how the knife felt in my hand and what it was sounding like around me and how the food looked and the feeling of putting the knife through the orange. And I don't know, it really hit me all of a sudden when I decided, no, I'm going to pay this wide amount of attention to what's going on around me and what's right in front of me. All of a sudden, the smell of the orange hit my nose so strongly. And I'd already been cutting it. So I hadn't been paying attention so much that I hadn't smelled an orange, which has such a strong smell. And all of a sudden, I felt my attention all of a sudden like be transported boom into my body it was the most amazing experience and i guess that's what he's talking about this book that when you train yourself to pay attention to your environment and listen to those little cues it changes you in a way and we're so used to trying to multitask you know i really think multitasking is you know stealing our life away from us a little bit where we're not experiencing all the things we're doing sure we can get a lot of stuff done but not doing anything really great and so this book has already kind of affected me and that memory of the the orange kind of hitting my face in a way and transporting me back into my body and into the present moment it was so powerful and maybe it's part of his writing in this book that you can feel his passion and he's the stories he tells you about listening to and understanding birds and he really transports you there whether you love birds or not you can feel his love and how powerful the experience is for him again i haven't done what he tells us to do in the book yet. I'm not done the book, so maybe that's a bit of my defense, but I do plan on doing it. And I've kind of been trying to practice a little bit of this, not in a sit spot where I've been sitting quietly for half an hour and learning my area in the forest or whatever and learning about the beings that live there and the other members of that forest, but in using it in everyday life, like when I'm going for a walk and I can feel myself going inside where I'm thinking different things and, you know, I like to philosophize and focus on the little details of things that I'm thinking about instead trying to get out of my head and experience the wider world with those, you know, the vision of those deer ears and owl eyes and raccoon hands. And I don't think he has a thing for the sense of smell or taste, but I'm trying to do the same thing and be transported. And it is making me enjoy life a little bit more. And I think essentially that's what this book is about is being inside an environment and not taking for granted the things that are outside of our everyday, you know, you were raised, especially in a city, as I was, you're used to things being all, you know, human centered around you. And there's, you know, more members of the earth out there, and they have a lot to teach us, if we're just willing to listen. That's it for today. Can't wait to finish this book and actually start applying the sit spot that he suggests. And hopefully I can get my kids interested in that too. Bye for now. Here we have this beautiful book. And I'll tell you what the Robin doesn't know. How to keep me engaged. I'm having a very hard time with this book. 
I put it down and then I pick it back up and then I don't even know where I am. (laughs) And mind you, I'll take partial responsibility because I'm not folding pages or using a bookmark. So I guess there's something I could do about that. But I think it's interesting that when I go back to find my spot, I have no idea because it's just the same kind of, I want to say jargon, but I don't think that's appropriate. Um, It's just the same talk. And it looks like there's some interesting parts coming up, but even the promise of that is not compelling me to get with this book. It's like I'm reading the narration from a nature show. And for me, that's more boring than watching a nature show. So I'm sorry. I really thought that this book was going to be, and maybe it'll get there because again, I'm only... I'm a third of the way in, which I always surprise myself too when I go back in the book and I'm like, and I actually find where I am. I'm like, oh, I've read way more than I thought. Still though, I don't know if I'm going to finish. I'm really toying with like forgiving myself for not finishing, which is the first sign that I won't. So stay tuned. Hi, this is my personal journal for what the Robin knows. I don't even have the book on me. You know why? I'm going to be honest. I haven't really even started reading it. Ugh. I'm well overdue starting it. Yeah, it's not. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm so tired. I want to go to bed. It's not the kind of read that gets me awake. It gets me sleepy. Also, because the weather here where I am is still really poopy, it's hard to get excited about birds because... I want to sit out in nature a bit more, but it's one thing to walk and like be warm and but I'm really not inspired to like go sit in nature and listen to the birds because it's freaking like snaying out. Rain, snow, sleet, gray. We're kind of still in this um, early spring, like really early spring, like might just be the end of winter. So we're not getting much action in the weather department that is very inspiring just to be sitting in nature. But I have noticed a few robins around town, which is a good sign that spring is on its way. That's always a good sign. So it's close. It just hasn't arrived yet. So I've been naughty. I have not started the book. So I have nothing to say about it. I wouldn't lie to you. I just wouldn't lie. So hopefully by my book report, I've read it. I got to knuckle, knuckle down, get her done. All right. Bye guys. Sorry. Well, I'm excited that the book, What the Robin Knows is finally available at the library. And so I'm really late in the game and getting into uh, this read. I couldn't actually even believe that there was like a before me, so the book was already on loan, but that there was someone else in advance of me who was waiting to read what the Robin knows. I thought that that was great because I hadn't heard of the book until Meredith had mentioned it. I've only just, just started. So far, so good. It's not like an overly like, like I don't want to say it's a boring read or simple. 
it's just not it's as if the author isn't trying to work hard at being like oh yeah look at this and look at that check out this he's just relaying information in a really sensitive way i love that he cares about nature and animals and birds uh, so much i think that that's lovely and really so far the only things that it's gotten me going thinking about are so the author like encourages individuals to start listening to the birds to notice their different calls and that they are in constant communication with each other and a lot of that communication is about helping out the collective it's not just about you know having your own back only just like looking out for yourself uh, but what it's gotten me thinking about is just like the different types of bird calls is reminding me of when I became a mother for the first time and I decided that the best approach was not to like listen to my own like instincts and intuition or any sort of like maternal wisdom that might already be within me. It was like, I am going to read all the things. I'm going to take in all the advice and that kind of like led to somewhat of a place of confusion because I wasn't hearing my own self, my own voice, my own opinions and all of that. But regardless, one of the things that I started to read about and become interested in at that point in time, and I wish I could remember who it was that shared the research on this, but it was around different baby cries that it isn't just like that it's not just a cry that babies have a cry for when they're hungry a different type of cry for when they're tired a wholly different type of sound or cry for when they need to be cuddled or like snuggling or when they're in discomfort and it's true when i slowed down enough and started to do active listening i myself started to be able to distinguish between the different types of cries that my new little baby was giving. And I just thought, huh, isn't that interesting? Like at the time, I thought that that was interesting. And now upon reflection, I still think it's interesting because to me, I'm like, huh, different bird calls, different baby calls, maybe humans, hello, we are of nature. I just find myself coming back to that theme a lot of, uh, remember, humans are of nature too. So I thought that that was really cool and I can't wait to read more of the book. So it is very interesting and I do really like his stories when he talks about personal things that have happened to him. However, it's a little bit boring because he goes into detail about each individual type of bird and the type of tweets they have and alarms they have and mating things they do. And, and I'm just not following. I'm just not, I, I think that maybe I'm just not that interested, maybe. However, I am noticing the birds in my area a lot more. So I actually notice alarm calls and all of a sudden everything goes quiet. I'm like, oh, and then I look and then like a bird of prey is flying overhead. Like I like that, but it's a hard book to get through if you're not in love with birds and their language. And maybe this is for more like bird watchers because they know the different types of birds. Cause some of the birds, I don't even know what they are. I know the basic birds. 
So I'm enjoying the stories and I've found that I'm just skimming through all the tweeting stuff. So I'm about halfway through. Another thing I found very interesting though is he's mentioned Malcolm Gladwell books a few times. So I marked the pages where he did that. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting just because we just finished Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. But I probably wouldn't have kept reading this book if it wasn't part of the book club, to be quite honest. Anyway, so that's my personal journal. Hey, so here I am. It's been way overdue to submit this. It's my second personal journal for What the Robin Knows. And I have read nothing more on the book. And I am failing at reading this book right now. I have no desire to read more. I'm so sorry, Mare. You know, I, I'm sure that there's really great stuff in this book that I'm not reading. But I'm really not that interested in birds. I think that maybe I would be more interested in birds if I learned more about birds, but then I don't learn more about birds, so I'm not interested. It's like this, you know, catch-22 thing that I'm perpetuating or whatever in my brain. You know, lots has been going on. The last thing I want to do is read something I don't want to read. Oh, I know, Mare, I love you, and I know you're super excited about this book. So I feel really bad in saying that I don't want to read it, but, but I'm going, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I've got, you know, I think a week more to go. So I'm going to try my best to, uh, or maybe a couple weeks to actually read some more so that I have something decent to say for my book report, because I, I have a feeling that there's stuff in here that I'm really going to like. I just, I just haven't done it. Ugh, I know. I feel like it's weird because this isn't even self-help. Like I always joke about I don't like self-help. I read the damn self-help books. This should be, you know, I don't know. It's just the birds. Birds are cool. Like they're fine and they're nice and they're around. And when I hear them, I'm like, oh, that's pretty. And if I see one, I'm like, oh, that's pretty. And, you know, it's great to have in the world and yay. And that's about all I really have ever had the desire to learn about birds. There's so many things that I want to learn in life. There, I have like a list so long and I love to study and I love to learn. I'm reading all this interesting stuff about different things, but the birds has just never been one of them. So for me, so, uh, I'm sorry. And I'll try my best to actually read more than just this little tiny amount. Okay. We'll see you later. Bye. This interruption is brought to you by unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. This interruption is brought to you by when you're reading a book and you're really not into it that much, but you're kind of thinking like you should finish it and then you see another book that you've bought or you have from the library that's sitting right there that you really want to read. And so you're in a big dilemma of do I do I waste my time and finish this book because maybe it's going to get better and I'm going to like it or do I just give up, throw it away or not, obviously not throw it away, put it down, give it away to somebody else or return it to the library and go with this new book that I really want to read. Book Interrupted.
Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. I want to say that I'm really excited about today's discussion because I've talked about this book a little bit with a bunch of different members, and I think it's going to be kind of a funny day, especially if anyone's <laughs> going to be chip chip cheering or whatever. <laughs> oh no! Oh god! Because there's a lot of that in the book, which I think will make it like kind of funny. So I'm really looking forward to see what people have to say, and also want to say that like I love this book and it's totally my book, but I realize that it is really not many people's book. Maybe I don't know. So I. Uh, I won't take anything personally if you're just like, oh my God, I couldn't even. So, you know, just let her rip. That's what I want to say. Right on. Thanks for front loading, Mare. Yeah. <laughs> Mental note, we can be honest. Yeah. I think probably John Young knows also that not everyone is as passionate about nature and birds as he is. You know, so mm -hmm. he knows that. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, well, I thought I'll just jump in then since you front loaded. I really liked the beginning of the book and I finished the book and the last chapter I thought was the best chapter of all, but the middle was like agonizing for me to get through. <laughs> he lost me there because he went into too much detail about each individual type of bird and that's where he lost me. Like, I don't, I didn't really care that the you know, the one bird does chirp, chirp, chicky, 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 and another bird does chicky, chicky, wah, wah, or whatever he wrote. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm just, can we get to more stories? Like, I really liked his stories, but every time he went into like detail about each individual type of bird, I was just like, oh God, can we get, I don't, I had to read this part. to the audio. Yeah, I'm not doing any of that. But he did make me pay more attention to birds, like a lot. I had moments where I was sitting in my sit spot because we have, me and my husband have breakfast on our balcony after the kids go to school. And there's tons of birds that we can see on our balcony. And one is like a little sparrows have like a nest near us and stuff. But the interesting thing, so we're sitting there having breakfast and all of a sudden I heard a whole bunch of different birds do alarms and I was like, oh, okay and then silence nothing like not even a tweet anywhere and then 30 seconds later a bird of prey flew over and i was like oh my god i paid attention and i saw it <laughs> i Yay! received the alarm <laughs> i listened to the language and i saw the alarm so i told my husband he's like great <laughs> wonderful i was like well i'm at least using the book but it, it was a, a real struggle for me to finish the book. I had to push myself. The middle section was very dry for me. I agree that the chapter called From Collision to Connection, maybe that was the last chapter before last chapter. the appendix. That one was the best. It's like, yes. Best. There was like lots of detail in the middle. But like if you didn't read that one, because that one's kind of like nice where you're like, yes, we should connect. Did everyone get to that? No one else read that one? Okay, so that one, the reason it was so great was, so a couple of things. The chapter before, he told you the different things the birds do, the shapes they do when they're escaping things, which was also very dry. But <laughs> one of them is called the bird plow, which is like all the birds fly out straight, like as fast as they can, like a plow, right? 
And he said, majority of the time, this is in the last chapter, it's because of humans, because we're so unaware, they're just looking along that all the birds fly as fast as they can out of wherever we are and all the other animals pay attention to that. So that's why we never see deer or wolves or foxes because of bird plow. And he said, if you see a bird plow when you're in the forest, if you put a timer on for two minutes, it's called the two minute rule you'll see a, a human walk through the forest where the birds were flying from. You'll see I like it, that. He had like the rings. Ooh. He's like, this yeah. is your disturbance ring. And this is your awareness. I don't know. He had two, two different names for the rings. And if you can like not disturb the birds, then you can start like seeing those different animals and, and all that stuff. Oh, here it is. Pre-warn them. I just, I'm but flipping that, through because I was looking for a sentence and I think I found the, the rings. Is there a picture hmm, that goes yeah. with it? Yeah. 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 That's the picture. Picture. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That's the rings. Yeah. 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 I was almost there. (laughs) Yeah. For anyone who didn't finish the book, which I'm assuming some didn't, uh, you might want to read that chapter because that chapter was like, yeah, like we're humans are almost like we're an oddball in nature, whereas we're we're not paying attention. Everyone else is, and we're just like disturbing everybody. And the birds, because they're all their actions are about like conserving energy, they're being scared even when they don't have to be you know a lot of people aren't there to eat a bird or whatever but yeah just the idea that you can connect better but you have to pay attention first also another thing that that chapter was really interesting he said that his son was in the woods doing one of the exercises with one of the groups he had and he was in a bad mood and because his son knows lots about bird language being his son he said he was in a bad mood he went in the forest he did it and the birds were all reacting and just kept on reacting in alarms and stuff because of his presence. And he realized that he wasn't shaking this bad mood and that he should probably just leave. And he, when he left, other people in the program saw the bird plow and they all monitored. And he's like, I was the bird plow. I was in a bad mood and I couldn't shake it. And the birds were just telling me, you're not connecting with any of us. You should leave. There's nothing wrong with that human. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Something's yeah, there's something wrong with you. And he, because of the birds, realized, oh, I am in a bad mood. I should just quit. Oh, God, like how, (laughs) like as if it's not bad enough, you're in a bad mood. (laughs) Now even the birds don't even want you there. (laughs) Now you shall be punished. (laughs) Yeah. We're just like, get out of here. Like you're unhappy already. (laughs) Not even nature accepts you anymore. (laughs) Not even nature accepts you. Terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did the birds ever think that maybe they were the cause of his bad mood? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stupid Stop birds. Stop all that tweeting. <laughs> yeah. They had a meeting that's about weird. it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's just really cool. Like, it really just goes to show you that, like, emotions are contagious, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. regardless of, like, what type of emotion that even if you think you're like, oh, I don't need to, because, like, sometimes... I'll be bothered by something, but I won't be at the place where I can talk about it out loud, but I shouldn't convince myself that I'm still not impacting the lives of others that are around me. Including the birds. Including the precious birds. <laughs> All the animals Especially as well. The birds. Especially the birds. They're very sensitive. They're very sensitive. <laughs> Reading that cat. No. You're not tricking the birds. No, yeah. there's no deception here. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I've I've never not let society know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I don't usually keep my discontent a secret. I'm working on the other the other problem. The birds are always like, "Fuck, bitch! Why you gotta make about you?" <laughs> but uh, 
Uh, yeah, I think it's so <laughs> true how contagious it is. I was thinking recently about that. And it's like, you know, for instance, like your work environment really impacts you. And if there's a good crew in there or you, you just all vibe or whatever. And then I was thinking about like, what does it mean if I'm always around people that are in pain? I wonder what that mm. energy, even though the energy is generally pretty light, I was like, I wonder how that could be impacting me. People generally feel vulnerable all the time around me. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah, you could frame it that you're around people who are exhibiting strength, right? As they, oh, right? I as like they, your flip. That was a perfect pancake flip. <laughs> as they manage the pain, right? Oh, I like your flu. That was a perfect pancake flip. You did it. You did it. You. you did that flip without a without a spatula. Yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. Oh, I love that. Okay, great. I like that. I like that better. Yeah. 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 Energy is so contagious. I didn't. I don't not like the book. It's just not my book. I thought it was a very sweet book, and I felt like I just wanted to like give this guy a hug and he's just like really cool. I love people that are passionate about things and yeah. I think it's really cool that he's so passionate about it even from like so young he was just out there birding he just developed a whole life around it and I think that's really cool it's just not my book for me but I'm gonna give it to our mom Kara and I's mom and I think she'll be super into it I think she's going to devour it. She loves yeah. birds. Yeah, I think she's going to bird away. <laughs> she does love birds, eh? Yeah, she loves birds. Yeah. Oh, like loves. Well, I think I'm like, yeah, because at one point in the household, there was like a lot of birds. 13 or 13 <laughs> yeah, yeah. to 20 birds. But there's too many. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so maybe I have an aversion to birds. You know what that makes me think of? The first no, yeah. time I ever came to your house and Kara opened the door the two dogs came running uh -oh. and then the parrot came swooping down at me and i remember leah was there being like we're sorry and i was like what and i was like she's they're like shut the door of the bird and i was like, what the bird? It's, like it's like always it's always insane and then the other little dog attacked the bigger dog and was like biting its neck because i pet it and i was like oh, oh yeah, my Bridget. god yeah she's yeah. always getting mad at buddy mm -hmm. All the time, and Buddy would just take it until a certain point, and then he'd just be like, Buddy, And it was just like, Oh, I love <laughs> Buddy, he was great. Oh, the birds were flying over the house, yeah, it was just like too much, yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. But yeah, anyway, it is a bit alarming to go into a home and no one give you a heads up. With that, oh, and by the way, exotic we birds, don't train our, <laughs> we don't train our Moving dogs, they have yeah. unruly behavior, yeah, and we don't keep our birds in cages. They will be flying over like, to And they're like, shut the door. And I'm like, oh. And then I was there once when the love, one of the lovebirds got out. And we had to like chase it through the neighborhood. So it wouldn't die. We had to just give up. We got it back. Like, what are you going to do? Oh. I think it well, came that was back. one of the times. One that time the it came back. Out. Then the other time when they had moved off the Balmoral house to the North Shore house. Oh. That's when. Oh, yeah. finally back. Oh. Mm. Birds, the funny you know. thing is like the last when we were talking it, during the talking to strangers episodes we talked about how sarah was a flighter when she's panicked so when you get when there's a bird flying at her like a large tropical bird and yeah. you're like just like close the door she's thinking like should i be in or out because her <laughs> would be run away from this like bird 
coming at her. Just close the door and trap yourself inside. But at least she knows how to react quickly, you know? Do you want to hear a fun story? Funny story, but it's actually no, really I hate sad. funny stories. No, you hate things that are enjoyable, yeah. <laughs> that Let's are easy it. on the ears. <laughs> so the one beautiful being Rupert, the African gray parrot, I which Rupert. I want to say on camera, I'm really just against people owning these tropical birds if you can avoid it. But once you're stuck in, you're stuck in. They can live for like 20 plus years, I think. Yeah. I thought it was like 80, like a long, yeah. long time. Yeah, yeah. It's like a very long time. It's like hand-me-down. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, he didn't make 80. <laughs> but yeah. you also should not have dogs, probably not of the terrier breed. Intermingling with in the tropical intermingling. birds. However, it is nice to have birds that you don't clip their wings and that they can go exploring and stuff. Rupert the Bird and Johnny the Jack Russell were kind of always playing this little risky, dicey game. Like he'd swoop and Johnny would try and get him, whatever. Eventually, Rupert lost the battle. And my dad calls me and my mom in the background and they're like, we got bad news, kiddo. They told me what had happened and Johnny got Rupert. And I was like, oh my God, guys, I'm so sorry. That's so sad. Would you like to bring him up to the farm and bury him? And he's like, I was like, no, from the background. <laughs> it's okay. And I was like, okay, well, what'd you do with him? He's like, just put him in the compost. Anyways, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and I was like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> Leah and I had a harder time moving on than like, my parents. Compost birds. I mean, you can. Isn't that fucked up? I guess it's only funny to me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, when does it get it's just funny? Sad. It's sad. Yeah. sad. It was just funny because they were like so sad, and then it was just like such a. They're so attached. Your mom was so attached to the bird. Yeah, that's why it surprised me. Compost, really? It was horrible. But I guess that is practical. She's very practical. Mm -hmm. I know. Okay, it's not a funny story. No, it isn't funny. <laughs> it's tragic. You know what? Here's a funny story about Rupert. You want to hear a funny story about Rupert? So I was, mm -hmm. once again, at your parents' house. And I was ironing for your mom to make extra money. So I was at your mom's house ironing. And your parents weren't there. And I heard the phone ring. And then your dad saying, hello, Bob and Bean. And I was like, oh, I thought I was alone. So I went down. And I was like, Max, Max, are you there? Nobody's home. I'm like, oh, that's so weird. <laughs> so we go back upstairs. And then it happens again. And I'm like starting to freak out. I was like, Max, you're scaring me now. I'm here. <laughs> Nothing. And so I go back up and then it happens again. So I don't go back up. I like kind of like hide out in the laundry room. And it was Rupert. He was going, it, it was Rupert. Like a phone ringing and going, ringing the bell. Hello. Huh? Max me. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Mm -hmm. And he'd ring no, and then do the next awesome. feed, but he'd wait till I was out of the room. Me, me not. So clever. A like, little trickster. That's so clever. He is. Cool. He was wonderful. Yeah. I yeah. love that story. And like I love how guy. you were he like the amazing. third time. You're like, I'm going to get that Max. I'm going <laughs> to find him. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, it wasn't Max at all. It was oh, the dear. bird. Something's going on. Yeah. But he could do it. Like, it wasn't just about imitating or regurgitating the words. It was the, like, tone. So it sounded like cool. Max, exactly like him. It was crazy. Like, I, was like, I thought your dad was home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just this we little bird. Say around those birds. Yeah. 
I'm visiting my mom and usually when I'm outside, it's like in the forest or whatever, but here she's got a really nice park by her place. And so we've been going for a walk in the park since I've been here. And I think like, you know how in the book he talks about like the bird baseline where they're relaxed and they're like eating and talking to their mate or whatever, and they're not stressed. I think the birds here get back to baseline way faster because there's a lot of people in the park. They'll be there like happily chirping and then you get silence and then you'll see something come along or whatever, or you hear the alarms. But you know, like in the book, he's like, you have to sit for at least half an hour in your sit spot before you'll hear or see anything, you know? And here it's like way fast. We go for like a half hour walk and if we just like stop, it's fine. So, you know, I think part of this, he doesn't really go to the parks because he's like such a nature guy. He's probably go and seeing more wild birds. There. Oh, you know what I also saw at the park? This is like not a bird thing, but I was out sitting in the park. So like, oh, I'm going to sit in this park and see what's there, right? And I saw the strangest human behavior. So <laughs> this person pulls up in their car and parks by the side and they put down their window. There's like a million squirrels out right now. The squirrels hop over and the seagulls swoop down. I was like, what's going on here? They open their window and they throw stuff out the window and it's not like garbage. It's like they're feeding the animals. They brought like food. So you know, like how peaceful it is to go to the park and feed the squirrels or the birds. I feel like they just didn't have the time. So they like pulled up and threw food out their window. <laughs> and squealed out of there. I feel like it's like a sad commentary. Maybe they were younger and they used to go to the park and feed the animals and had this connection. And now they're like super busy and scheduled. They're like, well, I still want to feed them, but I have no time. Take the food and then get out of here. Like it was drive very, by maybe feeding. it's a COVID oh, thing. Yeah. A COVID it's, thing. No. Maybe, maybe it's a bird just, flu thing. <laughs> I don't know. But like, and the funny thing is that part, there's a lot of squirrels are just right there. I guess it's the other thing about the park is all the animals are really chubby and I think they get fed. So I think everyone's territory is like really small because the squirrels, we walk around, they start fighting because they have this tiny little territory around, I guess, where people pull up their car and throw food out the window. I don't know. Launch <laughs> snacks. <laughs> like how relaxing, <laughs> right? But it's also seems a little sad, like a sad commentary so on our like very busy modern schedules. If you believe the story that yeah. you made up for it. I know, I, I made like up that story, story. Right? Like maybe it was yeah. stolen grain. I'm like, get rid of the Oh my gosh. They're after me. They're on to us. Oh my gosh. They just robbed a bakery and they're like, we don't need the whole wheat. Destroy the evidence. <laughs> get rid of the evidence. Yeah. Give it to the birds. You're funny. The birds will eat it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. Do you know you can also support us by wearing some of our kick-ass swag? Check it out at www.bookinterrupted.com shop. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. Even when I forced myself to read the book, I couldn't read the book. Like when I, even when I was actually reading it. That's Maybe why the problem the is that we didn't have Mare reading it to us. <laughs> if I had an audiobook, then I could hear all, instead of reading the chirping noises, I didn't enjoy that at all. I'm just not into birds at all. Like they're, they're kind of, they're pretty. I was like, fine, I'll go be a part of nature. Oh, take your seats and go. Yeah, that was just like the headspace that I've been in. It's almost there. as if the author would rather be in the forest. Yeah, he's too busy watching birds. That's probably <laughs> true, right? Like book interrupted. Never forget every 
Child Matters.